it's really fun. You get to like bounce ideas back and forth to each other. So, you know, collaborating is, yeah, definitely a big, a big thing I've been doing a lot lately. So that's a relatively recent thing for you? No, I mean, it's always been a thing. Like I've never really worked a regular job. So I feel like collaborating was my way of working with, you know, being able to coexist with any kind of person. So everything's like a collaboration for me. Like, How have you managed to last this long without working a regular job at any point? That's impressive. I don't know. Just like we always, like I never went to college. So I just made music my job. And everything kind of revolved around albums and like doing shoots around the albums. And Very few people out there are really able to especially early on, make, make really kind of make a go at it. But it sounds like you've, you've managed to do that somehow. Or is it just sort of like living, li- li- living, living on your means and living simply until you're actually like, you know, pulling some money in? Uh, I just grew up Filipino. Your parents don't kick you out of your house until... You actually grew up in the Philippines, you moved to the States, and then you moved back as a teenager? Yeah, so when I was out there as a teenager, I was staying with them. It was around that time, like I couldn't afford to go to college. So I just stayed, really just had so much time. You know, I just stayed home, watched all my friends graduate and kind of just burned my whole life away. And then, you know, I was like, hey, I, I, I can record. That's something I do enjoy doing. And it could be something. I didn't know it'd be like a career thing at first. But, you know, I was just like, I'm going to just record document like everything i'm going through was there a plan to go to college or to save up at any point or was it just clear that that just wasn't even a possibility um yeah no my parents were really struggling so i just it's not like i could ask them to pay for me to go to school and i was just like i couldn't get a job i didn't really know like how to adapt to society like i remember i worked at like um at my friend's store and I was like a tailor because he had, it's like a custom denim shop. So you have to measure your client's legs. So I just do like measurements. And then I, I only worked there for like half a month. And then I just felt like this isn't how I should spend my time trying to make money. So I was like, I'm going to just try to make money off my art. No matter. I mean, it took, you know, it took time. This uh, working a day job isn't isn't working out, so I'm going to try to make money the hardest way possible. Yeah. I was filming like, uh, my friends skating, so I made like skate videos, and you know that kind of like started getting me like recognition. I like started doing like graphic design for this guy, the Cobra Snake. He's like a photographer in America. I was, you know, I was trying to do stuff, but like not necessarily go to a place and apply for a job. You know, I wanted to like find creative work. So I was like trying to draw, trying to do things. Like I freelanced like photography. I like, it was kind of depressing because some, some shoots I'd get paid for some shoots I wouldn't. And that was like discouraging. So I was like, you know, just trying a bunch of things. And I think music was the one that was the best. Like even when I first started playing like shows at little bars, like that little money, you know, would go to so much <laughs> of, of my time. Money and 
recognition and building things up aren't, they're not a linear process. And I, I think that's something that like nobody really tells you. And then you have to figure out on your own that there's, you know, it feels like you're having some success, but there's still a lot of setbacks along the way. Yeah, there's too many. Like I was even like, I remember I, I got signed to a label and then I got dropped. That's kind of like what got me to like get my shit together. And then I got signed by the label that I'm leaving now. I'm on my last album with them. Like been five albums already. Yeah, maybe there's a way in which I don't want to say a blessing, but but there's a way in which getting dropped from your label like ultimately was if not a benefit, then at least like a motivator for you. Yeah, it woke me up because I was I remember like when I got that advance with the first label, I was like buying I was, you know, just like partying and like not really doing anything that made my mom proud came a long way it's hard for especially with art it's it's hard to know if this like if this is really the thing that you should be doing and uh, again like as i said it's obviously a difficult road to go down you know and i find that when people have those sorts of setbacks like specifically getting dropped by a label then it tends to make them completely reconsider everything yeah i mean i was even thinking like is music still it you know i still stuck to it like that was the make and break point of my life where it was like if I give up now, then I'll, you know all of this will be for nothing. So I just stuck to it, and luckily, you know, this label found me and put out my records for the last years of my life. And I don't know, it's been good. You know, like I'm grateful for it all. Like, because the timing was like I was at that age where it was like you either got better get like a day job or like you know you're just gonna be like a bum like at home. So I was like, really like trying to push myself around that time. But yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> How old were you at the time? Shoot, I think my I got signed like the f- very first time I got signed. I was like twenty, around twenty one. Were your parents pressuring you too, or was that that all internal? Like Asian stuff too. They're you know, Asian people want their kids to be like doctors or something. But yeah, I wasn't trying to do anything like that. I was just. They just wanted me to go to college and get a job type shit. I was just like, I knew like the music was there, but I just wasn't there yet. But I knew like if I figured it out in time, I'd prove to them. And eventually I did, but it just, when you're in that moment, it doesn't feel like you ever will. (laughs) There's a certain point where your parents are like, well, I mean, he's not becoming a doctor. <laughs> there's, there's a point, right? I mean, there's a point where, when those expectations shift, but obviously, like, they still, mm-hmm. it sounds like there was still pressure from them regardless. Yeah, because I, I was, like, doing film stuff, and my dad's, like, an animator, so I learned how to, like, do all the film stuff later in life and was like, why don't you try film school? I even did go to his friend's film school, and I, like, dropped out, like, within a few months because it was some, yeah, it, out there, it was actually before I went to college, like, tried to go to college. So it was like, I went, it was weird. I went back to the Philippines and I had to go, I was already a sophomore here in America. So I graduated freshman year, I was going to be a sophomore or whatever. And then when I moved back there, like, oh, you have to start high school over again. So like I went to like a local school there for like for like a semester and then I quit and 
in between that period of time, like my dad, like had a friend that owned a film school and because his, like his, the guy that he was working for, like his, like he mentored for like his mentor, or whatever my dad's mentor was a professor there. He was like, why don't you go to this school? And I went there and it was, it was weird. Like, you know, like they, they taught you all the basics in film, but then the guy was just always like, watch my films. And his films were about girls in bikinis and just like very like common, like guy point of view shit. And I was like, dude, I want to make enter the void and have my mind blown. So I was just like, I, you know, I just like dropped out of that school because I felt like I wasn't going to see anything like that. That's sort of like the common refrain, though, in art generally that you have to you have to know the rules in order to effectively break them. Yeah, I just saw all that stuff in taking actual mushrooms <laughs> and actually going out and filming and editing with my friends. <laughs> but it, yeah, it was weird, you know, like. I tried to do school, like school, and it just never worked out. How long did you actually go to film school for? Half a year. Did you learn anything useful? Well, duh. But you know, also- I don't know. There's no duh. I mean, you know, it's you know, it's it's entirely possible you didn't. Okay, maybe a better question is: Did you did you learn anything that you still use? Yeah, just like basic stuff, you know. <laughs> but um, now. Yeah, I'm so grateful I still went and even tried. Yeah, I couldn't stand my classmates or whatever. They just acted like kids. Do you feel like you have just sort of, um, do you have issue with structure just generally, like people imposing structure on you? Yeah, I had a hard time in school generally. So that's why I was like, man, I don't even know if I'll be able to go to college. I think that's something, and I hear this from a lot of people who go to art school, like that's something you risk is, is like completely de-romanticizing something, you know, obviously like you started doing it and you went to school for it because you loved it. But I know a lot of people who sort of come out of the other end of the machine, just like completely disillusioned with the process. That's how my, one of my good friends is, he went to art school and took up painting and stuff. And now he doesn't even paint. Like he cooks now. I'm like, well, what the hell? That's creative in a different way, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe they found their true purpose. You feel that having a dad who was an animator was maybe took some of the pressure off or at least... It put pressure to succeed as an artist because he was going to get me in a position where I could succeed as an artist. It's always like a creative thing because he wasn't like no accountant type guy. So everything he like tried to teach me like Photoshop, you know, editing softwares, animation... It's just like all, you know, because he was, a, I guess, a, a successful artist. He worked for like 20th Century Fox, came from nothing. So it's cool that he like got to move to America and work for them and Nickelodeon. But yeah, I think with me, he was always like, how can you be like me? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'll figure it out, dude. Like, fuck. And it it was music eventually, but. Yeah. He taught me how to play guitar too. Yeah, I mean you it's I mean it sounds like you you couldn't have been like him from the standpoint of of 
you know, working as an animator in a studio, especially a studio like Fox, like that, that talk about strict structures. Yeah. He was too, he was cool. He, he was always, you know, always had a lot of friends and stuff. And me, I was just like the awkward kid listening to Slipknot all loud when my dad's friends would come over. Just, I don't know. I like skating a lot though. So that's how I made friends. You were a social outcast. I was, it's not like I was, I was quiet, but yeah, I just generally just fit in with like the misfits type kids literally my friends would wear like the misfit shirt and shit <laughs> you know you're trying too hard like i you know i was punk before i used to like literally like have tight ass pants and put patches and studs all over my shit just spike my hair i just wanted to belong <laughs> in a way. but you know when i grew up i got over all that shit i was just like I just wanted to fit in somewhere. You know, especially in high school, it's really hard to find that group of people. And and I think that part of the reason why people gravitate towards certain signifiers, you know, whether it's like music or fashion, it's because you're basically like sending up a flare, you know, you're sending up a flag to let people know, hey, this is this is where I feel like I fit in. It was, I fit in with like the scene kids it, that they called like our wall in, in San Clemente. We, like I sat in the scene wall or whatever. So, but it wasn't just seeing kids like MySpace, you know, it was like, there were like punks there and they were like garage rock dudes <laughs> that hung out there. So I thought like our wall was cool. And then in front of us was like all the skinheads and they were just on their Nazi shit. <laughs> oh, those kinds of skinheads. Like, yeah, no, high school in San Clemente, they wouldn't fuck with anyone really, but you know, it was just like. That was the the scene, you know, there'd be jocks and skaters and emo guys and we all just coexisted somehow. I mean, the skinhead thing is surprising. I guess the like Southern California, that, that surprises me a little bit. Some Orange County shit. Oh, Orange County. Okay, that's fair enough. So it's a, it's a, very, a very Republican part of Southern California. <laughs> it's, but, you know, I... I just went, I, I didn't really care. I grew up in Phoenix, so when I moved to California, I was just, like, grateful to not be in Arizona. Because Arizona was, like, a lot of, like, cholos and, like, just, just, like, gangs and crazy shit. So California was, like, way safer when I, like, you know, when I grew up and realized, I was like, oh, damn, there's not a lot of cops here. <laughs> I don't have to be afraid all the time. Yeah. It's a nice feeling. Yeah, because Arizona is pretty crazy. Like, I'll walk down the wrong street and someone will rob me. And I'll just be like, okay, I guess I'm getting robbed today. Was that common for you in high school in Arizona? I was, like, younger. It was, like, in Arizona from 6 to, like, 13. So all those times I was there, I was just really young. I wasn't trying to be, like, the environment I was in. I still ended up being a skater instead of like a gangbanger or a tagger. Like that's just something everyone else was doing. And I was like, that doesn't not cool. You know, that's a relief, like moving to California and like suddenly realizing that maybe not exactly like you, but that there are people that are kind of at least like in your orbit. Yeah. And that culture is here too. But I like, I live in Orange County. So I was like, 
predominantly white. So it was really felt safer, you know, because like in Arizona, it's like anything goes. People get kidnapped, scary shit, you know, just like, okay. (laughs) It sounds like you moved around a fair bit growing up. Like, I mean, I've seen good parts of Arizona too. I just, but yeah, a lot of the times I wasn't in the nice, but yeah, it was, um, everything, everything in my life felt better when I moved to California because that's when I started playing in bands. I didn't see stuff like that in Arizona. Like there was no like creative community or I didn't really go to a lot of shows either. Cause I was still young. I'm from California. I'm from up North, but I, I basically like stayed. I was in the same town growing up and I just, you know, I'm always curious what impact moving around that much has on people growing up. Yeah. Northern California. Ooh, some crazy shit happened up there recently. My friend that was a painter that I told you, his um, cousin got kidnapped. Northern California is crazy, but it's also more like expensive up there too. You feel like moving around a lot had a, a profound impact on you? Yeah, probably on every, like even like my music, like my music. So like I'm always trying to make something from another place. Uh, just Yeah, because I was just always on the move. I just never felt like I got my feet like firmly into the ground because I wasn't there long enough. So I'd be like, even in Arizona, I'd move from different apartments to eventually like a house. And like all those moves, like, you know, made me lose touch with friends. And I was always like reintroducing myself, going to school, telling them my name. They mispronounce it (laughs) every time. Moving around's tough because also all my childhood friends, we all lost touch. We we used to call each other all the time, but things change. For most people, I think that's a pretty universal experience, even if they don't move around. I'm sure there are exceptions, but most people aren't friends with the people they were friends with in you know elementary school. Yeah, my girlfriend. She, she's in touch with all the everybody she grew up with. Hanging out with them. <laughs> Is she from LA? Yeah, she's from Glendale. And yeah, I, I still see her friends that she's had. And I'm over here like, damn, I don't have any friends from like that long ago. Jesus. Obviously, it sounds like the move from Arizona to California was a culture shock. But what was it like going back to the Philippines? The mega culture shock. Because I feel like the kid I was when I when I left America, like... I guess I was a little bratty. And then when I moved to the Philippines, it was like, I've never, I mean, I was born in poverty, but I never saw it. I never thought I'd see it again. So I was like, very like, I felt like, I just felt like I was more privileged, you know? Cause like I, you know, I got educated. I went out, I lived out here and, and then I had to move back and everything was so backwards. Like, and when you get older too, you start to question like why you're surrounded in poverty and what's wrong with, you know, the society. And so it, it was, it was hard. Like, and I, there weren't opportunities for me there as to like, when I was living in America, I thought I could just work at Starbucks and McDonald's and I'd be happy with my life. But out there, like I couldn't even work at McDonald's cause you have to like have a, college 
educate or have to graduate high school. I didn't even graduate high school. It's interesting to hear that you felt like, you know, given the opportunity that you could have been happy enough working at, at Starbucks and, or McDonald's, because it sounds like. I mean, that's terrible, obviously, but I don't think at the time, like I didn't really like have any, like I didn't see myself as anything. I was just like, you know what? Like I'm just, I, and I still am a regular person, but you know, I was like, more so at that time, I was just like, what, 14? So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to like graduate high school and work at Starbucks. Like everything's going to be great. Like, But no, you know, then I moved back to the Philippines. I was like, holy shit, shit got real like quick. And I was like, what do I do? Like, cause I, you know, I did go to school there for a bit and that didn't work out. And then my parents like went through like really tough times. So I was just like, this music shit has to work because that was the only thing I had going for me. I just had to make a commitment. You know, in the same way that kind of early failure can be motivating, having everything to lose <laughs> also is, you know, knowing knowing that you've, you've really, that essentially you have one opportunity and one thing to really do. I mean, that's a, that's a hugely motivating factor. I thought I was going to grow up in America too. So I was like, damn. I'm really like set back right now, <laughs> but it was low key a blessing that like, you know, I eventually took recording so seriously. I was really recording is really what you know created every opportunity I have now. It's like if I don't record, I feel like I'm losing at life. So yeah, I always now every day you know I record, I film, I, any form of capturing you know something that's what i'm always trying to do now and just keep keep doing it until i've done so many things there's a way in which you never really lose that initial motivating factor that you still feel like you need to hold on to this or or you can you know everything can kind of fall out beneath you and like if i just stop making music one day it's just like where would my money come from? Like, there's literally, that's, that's all I live off of. And it's crazy. Like I started with zero on the music and, and it's changing everything. You had like a big moment in the last few years that it sounds like things really, really clicked. I mean, when, when something hits the way that song hit, how, how profound a difference does it have on you and your career? It just makes me take it seriously. Like, I mean, it, I was taking it seriously, but you know, now I'm like, holy shit! Like, it's a little, it's a little, little more meaningful to me. Like, you know, so I don't want to be so loose with my words. I really want to think about everything because, yeah, a lot of kids and so many people have shown love to my music lately. And, you know, I just want to keep making honest just normal music <laughs> I mean because no I started out as like a noise guard type guy and then I remember my best friend started dating this like actress girl and she was like aren't you guys trying to make radio type songs and not necessarily just you know radio type but just like something with structure because we were like a noise band <laughs> so I was like okay like let's try to make normal music not doesn't necessarily have to be normal but you know what i mean like 
just with the structure that everyone has and can understand. I like deep shit too, like trippy music, but you know, just my music is just always like simple song. Cause also that's the stuff I listen to. Like I just like, I do just, I'm a sucker for just a good song, any style. Why was her suggestion so motivating to you? Cause we were the opposite. Like we were trying to be like super weird and like, but that's alienating too. And then, you know, you think you're like all cool and shit, but it's like, are you even making money off this shit? It's like, you know, so I just, it like, it was a smack in the face because I was surrounded by like people who just like, you know, she was an actress, like making money, like off of just acting. And, and I'm like, damn, like, how how could I do that for music? And it made me like respect like big mainstream artists. I was like, they must have worked really hard to make a name. You know, it's like, and everyone has their own unique journey. Is there a way in which it felt like doing something unstructured and potentially alienating was a bit of a, like a cop out? It just felt free. Like me and my band would jam for hours and everything that, we did in that time what sounded beautiful but you know like a normal person isn't gonna listen to a, a, one, a one hour jam <laughs> it's cool live or whatever but you know it's not it's not a it's not gonna be a hit like a hit record there's a certain point you get to where you're just like i need to figure out what i could do to get more people to listen to what i'm doing how to fit being myself into that normal intro chorus verse and you could you know inject so many different styles and into songs it's like i used to think like songs in reverse were songs and i used to like reverse just loops of like old songs and i'd reverse that and i'd mix it up with another loop on virtual DJ. And I used to think that was a song thing over stuff like that. And I was, I thought that was a song, but you know, a song could be anything really, but I did start out like doing just like the weirder shit so I could get it out the way and be like, okay, this is what, this is why this isn't on the radio. Is it more challenging for you to operate in that more traditional structure? Not simple. It's just like, but what I'm just trying to do is just find time in my life to like capture a mood and add lyric. The lyrics come like every now and then too. It's not like I'm lyriced up all day, you know, like I got, like I really just wait in my life. Like I go through stuff and then I'll write about it, but. I can't just like sit there and write some lyrics about nothing. Like I could too, but usually like with my album, I like having songs that are like a diary. It sounds like you're actively making a point to make music in some form or other, basically every day. Yeah. Cause also I'm getting better when I, cause like I recently like been trying to play keyboards more. So I bought a bunch of synths and then, you know, I'm getting better. I, I'm not ever going to be like, a shredder but you know like i learn a new chord and i'm happy and i put that in a song and the audience gets to hear my progress as well <laughs> i 
I'm sure one day I'll be playing this crazy chord and the real guys that know how to play and be like, oh shit, that's a hard chord to play. But I like, you know, I like the journey of figuring it out on my own. Like I have a book too. It's like all the chords, but it's not fun that way. I just want to like feel some way and then be like, how do I make that into a chord? And then you just add drums and blah, blah, blah on top. <laughs> is learning to produce and record, is that a similar process? Yeah, that, you know, that took me years. Started on like GarageBand and Virtual DJ. And then I, I think when I got a Mac, that's when I got on Ableton. And then that kind of just opened the floodgates. Producing is fun. Like, you know. There's there's a side of me where I make my own music and I sing over it, and then there's that side of me where I just make music for my friends to add their vocals to. You mentioned earlier that you were you were moving on from your label. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign with a major label. It's been good. Like I went to London to like patch things up with my the label I'm on that I'm leaving. You know, I made everything like cool. I'm just like. I was like, I just got to do this. Like, my parents are going to be so stoked. <laughs> even at this point, you know, even with the success that you've had, that's still something that's top of mind. Oh, yeah. Like, my parents, like, they're like, they get impressed by, like, accolades. And I'm just like, it's not what I do it for, but okay. You know, I'm still, still the same guy who they didn't believe in. <laughs> it's still a little bit what you do it for. Again, if that's something that you're thinking of, and like obviously it sounds like it's important to you that you make them proud, like that is that is a, that's a bit of a motivator. Definitely, because like before all that, you know, it's just a constant. Uh, I think I just upset them most of the time. So, <laughs> do you feel like there was a point where, like, all of a sudden, they recognized that this was that that you were a, a legitimately a musician? Only just recently, like the last few years. Like, you know, I've had like billboards and song in the charts and shit like that. I never like, never even thought of that stuff when I was making music. You know, I was just like, hopefully one day I just make a good song, Jesus Christ. <laughs> when it actually happens, I was like, you know, my mom was just like always sharing my stuff all of a sudden, like, congrats. Son. I live for that stuff. It's nice. It's, it's hard for parents, like especially the music business, like given how much it's changed over the like in recent decades. It's hard for parents to really to contextualize what what success means. I mean, it's hard enough for us to contextualize what what success means. Exactly. It's like it's not, but you know, to them, that's like the world they they want to believe. But I'm just like these are just numbers and. Yeah, everything's like about streams and views and all that stuff now. It's like, that never really meant anything back in the day. Like, I'm sure it did. It's the same basic thing, but the the, the it, metrics are different, right? I mean, it was like, it was it was sales before and now it's streams. I mean, there's, I guess there are, there are ways in which it really hasn't changed. Just the, the method of delivery has. Yeah, it's, we talked about what signing to a major label means to your parents, but what does it mean for you? Like I'm just getting started. <laughs> what does that mean, though? This is the tip of the iceberg. Um, it feels good, though. Like you know, me, me that all of this wasn't for anything, like for nothing. Sorry, and um, you know, now 
I don't know. My manager is always like, you join the fucking NBA, bro. <laughs> that's, that's what everyone's making it out to be in my, you know, through, to me. But to me, I'm just still focused. Like, got to keep recording. Got to, you know, keep doing every other thing that isn't necessarily music to keep the music going too. Like I have to film videos and do what I can to promote it and get people interested in creative ways. You know, those things are fun and I'm, you know, I'm just trying to stay on top of it and like get everything done. You feel like there's a way in which like being a poor kid never really goes away. You know what I mean? Like where, where it's like, where, 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 where you've seen like how rough life can be. And then obviously that's not something you ever want to go back to. And, you know, I have my own son now. So it's like, I just ever want him to like go through that, like kind of like just all the situations I went through, like really traumatizing and figuring out my adult life was kind of like deconstructing my mind, like, and all the experiences I went through as a kid and, you know things are okay now so like i'm just trying to keep working was he born during the pandemic right before my songs went viral too like so when he was born there's like nothing going for me (laughs) yeah that's terrifying man yeah but i was like i stuck to my plan i remember when i moved to la all i ever did was like music moves and so always trying to do you know anything related to my music and yeah it was at that time when my son was born i was like literally doing something every other week and i was like when is this gonna pay off and yeah that's when that's when it happened sometimes it just doesn't pay off for people all of a sudden you've got this kid and it's like well you know, he's, he's dependent on this being a success. Was there, there wasn't a point when, when you, when you sort of maybe considered getting that job at Starbucks? When I was, no, I mean, I was with my record label, so I was still like doing okay, you know, but like, yeah, you know, there were like a lot of thoughts in my head where I was like, I really should think of like a backup plan. If like the music doesn't work out in this, like, the next few years it sounds like you still have a lot of other creative things you're doing but at this point they're kind of they're, they're basically you're basically doing them in support of the music yeah everything's rooted in my music is there concern that once you move over to the major label that once you're in the nba that maybe you won't be able to to have as much control or to have your hand in everything the way you've been able to thus far no, I mean, according to my contracts. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, just, I don't know. I don't really want to change anything up, anything. Like, it's just going to be, I don't know. Like, I never have changed the way I've made my music. I've always made it by myself. They've, they've already been saying, like, yeah, we want you to, like, meet other producers. And I'm like... Is that going to fuck up the sauce? Or... I'm open to trying it out for like a song or two. It's not like the whole freaking record has to be. But we'll see, man. Like, I'm also open-minded. So it's like, because it's interesting for me, you know, I never like, because some musicians like do be having like 
other writers and they have that stuff in mind for when they're going to release things. But I've never really approached music that way. It's just always been whatever I'm going through and just trying to record a bunch of different styles that I like. I think it could be a useful process for you, like, you know, seeing how it's done and, 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 you know, and like going to film school for half a year, like figuring out which parts of it you want to keep and which parts of it you don't. You know, I'm just, cause I mean, I could just stay working with indie labels or I could be independent, but I, I like the experience of working with like other people. It just feels like, you know, it reaches more places that way. One of the things I, that I admire that I that I, like, I wish that I had more of is, I don't know if, even know if confidence is the right word, but like not, not being afraid to put something out in the world, you know, that, that maybe you don't have a lot of experience in, you know, a lot of people will, will work on stuff for years and not release them because, you know, they don't, they don't feel like it's professional or whatever, but it sounds like you're, you've always been excited to, to get your stuff out there regardless of how much knowledge you had. Yeah. I think cause like I started playing in bands and then like my music is when I started discovering like production and yeah, because I could play live. It's just the thing thing with like producing is so like it's so many layers to it, like engineering and mixing, running things on tape, like but it's a process, you know. I'm learning everything backwards. <laughs> How so? Uh I just like kind of just fail first, then figure it out after. <laughs> I suck at music. Like I try I try it. I'm just it's just not it's just not so, it's not a skill that I have, but like I don't I don't feel like I'd ever have the confidence to do like a hip hop track or something. I would just feel like such an outsider, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I make rap stuff. I make I make everything. It's like I grew up on everything. I just becomes so natural, you know. I was reading an interview that you did, and I mean, it sounds like you had a sort of a more a strict delineation when it came to genres, I guess really prior to this record and, and this one, it sounds like the walls kind of broke down in a way. Yeah. Cause I always separated my records. I was always like, I'm going to drop this rec- rap record as a rap record. And then my rock record as a rock record. But I was like, doesn't everyone know that I do both of these things? Like, why don't I just put it out on one record? <laughs> and it doesn't mean I'm making a rap rock album. It's just like, I'm just, making a more mixed playlist of my own music. You listen to Slipknot growing up. I mean, maybe, maybe rap rocks, maybe it's due for a comeback. And, uh, my next goal is me rapping over a punk song, but I don't that's a, that's a rap rock thing where it's like... We're talking about two different things, right? We're talking about putting out a record with a lot of different styles on it versus consolidating them into a single song. Yeah. And it sounds like you're more excited to to kind of to cross those streams to really kind of mix it up within the confines of a specific track. Yeah, no, I've always been shy about everything I do. So like this, like me revealing that I do all this in one record is very exciting for me. I've never just done it in one one record. It's funny to hear you say you're shy because, like, again, like I don't know. To me, shy would imply that you don't want to share your stuff in the world there are certain respects in which like you are very, you're very open and you're willing to put your stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the moment of, I'm, I just went through a moment of like, not a moment, fucking like month or two of just 
doubting this whole record. And then now that it's like done, I'm like, this is fucking sick. <laughs> I was just going through it. You know, I don't know. I'm a normal person. Of course, you're going to like feel uncertain for a second. But once I like finished it and ticked off every little checkbox in my head, I was like, okay, I actually did like, I worked really hard on this. So I'm not going to beat myself up anymore. That self-doubt is a normal part of the process for you? Yeah, it it'll, it comes with every album. It's like the final boss. So the album's coming out. I think we're really kind of like just a few weeks from it now. What um, what are you doing now? Are you? I mean, it sounds like you're doing. You're you're shooting videos. You're you're working on music. Also, I mean, obviously the process of like again releasing something during a pandemic is a bit different than in normal years. I'm working on um, just the music videos for this album, and then I'm working on the next album already. Because I have to drop a single in like October or something. Oh, because you're moving over to labels, you're already talking about the next single after this one. Gotta keep recording. That's. <laughs> Does the next one feel different? It's just like my growth, so it's like I'm definitely different, but you know, just like improved. It's like two the two. Like it's like every album is the 2.0, the 3.0, the 4.0. It's like an iPhone. <laughs> not like it's not like I'm gonna drop a fucking. I don't know. I just feel like I'm getting better slowly, and I'm like, I'm just taking my time because I don't like, not like that old yet. So. <laughs>